0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Build in Public Podcast. I'm your host, KP. And today I'm joined by two incredibly talented, young, hungry, and probably the fastest rising um, Build in Public creators on Twitter. Now, Welcome to the show, Adit and Sahil. Thank you so
1: Thank you. much, KP. Thank you.
0: So let's go around and... and do quick intro so adit if, if you don't mind kick us off with uh what was your story who are you what were you doing um you know before you got into this twitter journey
1: yeah yeah sure first of all thank you so much for the lovely introduction um hey guys i'm adit i'm a, a first year mechanical engineer in london oh uh, yeah I'm, I'm a first year undergraduate and uh in the in 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 my free time, I love just you know just like creating on Twitter, creating content threads um, regarding marketing and content creation, and just like the creator life. And uh, this is one of my ways that I like to empower other creators, um, regardless of how big they are, even big small creators. And uh, yeah, I mean, well, how my journey started was I spent a lot of time, let's say, you know, uh, in COVID during the lockdown. I spend a lot of time consuming content. Um, some of my favorite creators are like Ali Abdal, Thomas Frank, you know, those productivity YouTubers uh, on the internet. And I thought, how about I can convert this consumption into production? How about I can also build um, a community, a small community of mine, just of maybe a thousand people, 500 people that are genuinely interested in what I'm creating and the value that I'm able to provide. Right. And, uh, nowhere, nowhere near when I started, I I thought that I'd be able to, uh, empower so many other people and build a community so strong and, uh, such an engaging community. And yeah, I've just loved every part of it. now I just try to empower other creators and just like kind of building my community, community as we go.
0: I love that. Um, Sahil, what about you?
2: Uh, so. Like I am a second year undergraduate student at Institute of Technology near my university. So I first joined Y Community startup school and I came to know about uh, Twitter so that uh, someone created a thread on YC community, a drop your Twitter profile. So like I created my Twitter account in 2017, but uh, when I joined uh, y Com- YC startup school, uh, then I found that uh people are documenting their journey on Twitter. So I I, I also like, I, I also started tweeting consistently and started following right account. And uh, yeah, so that's how uh, I started with my journey on Twitter.
0: So my, uh, my first question to both of you about Twitter is, when did you um, start like being active on Twitter? Like, do you remember, cause I have, Um I've had Twitter for like 10 years, right? But I used it for all the wrong reasons. I was doing movie reviews, I was doing like you know mindless random crap. But I I became much more intentional in October 2018 and from there my real journey started. So what is that like for both of you?
2: So like for me, uh I started to state dating tweeting consistently from November 2020.
0: Wow, that's less than a year.
2: Yeah,
0: you had uh, an official Twitter account from when? Twenty seventeen when you were active on Twitter? Yeah, I started okay. active on
2: All
1: Twitter right. what about from. You? Hmm. Yeah, I mean what it's it's you? something similar for me as well. It's some sorry sorry for interrupting, but it's something similar for me as well. Uh, I think I started in October twenty twenty. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a similar story to his as well. Like I was just, um, I was listening to podcasts. I was running quite a bit, uh, at that time and I was listening to podcasts. And as I said earlier as well, you know, I was a big fan of Ali Abdal who has a podcast himself and his brother actually is a big fan of Twitter and, and just like making connections, building friendships on Twitter. And I'm like, okay. He, I mean, he's, he's brought it up on one podcast. Okay. Makes sense. And then he said it multiple times on different podcasts. And I was like, there mu- there definitely must be something, you know, um, something powerful going on in that space that I'm not aware of and i have to check out. And just made an account, started tweeting maybe, maybe once in a week, uh, which clearly didn't work out. And then I saw, I kind of got uh, the pattern. I-, I realized what other creators on Twitter were doing right. And uh, yeah, I would say October, October 2020 was when I started taking this seriously.
0: Both of you, again, um, def- still less than a year. And it's, it's so impressive. Uh, to see how far you've grown. Um, and it's been fun to watch from my end, you know, to choose. Um, we're all like Twitter neighbors because I've seen your work and you've seen my work. So um, that brings me to like another Twitter question, which is a, a lot of people struggle to get the first thousand followers, you know, and uh, it almost, is like a slog. You just have to, you know, uh, put out more quantity and, and not sort of not judge yourself, not try to like overthink it, you know, just like, keep trying. Um, I'm curious to hear about like your first thousand followers journey. Like what were some things you did um, that you wouldn't recommend? And what were some things that you did that you would recommend for somebody new?
2: So like I would start first. So I would uh, like make, if you want, if you're starting on Twitter, so first make an uh, attractive profile and write in bio. Uh, like uh, what, uh, what is a profession and get a pro banner and after that uh, use the pink tweet to tell your followers what you can do for them so uh, right. that is very useful and find popular account in your niche uh, who have uh, more than uh, 10,000 plus followers and identify people who are uh, replying uh, who engage often in the reply section and follow these smaller accounts and engage with them so like uh that how so this is very useful and and try finding your true fans 100 true true fans and see people mm. uh, who who are engaging with your tweet so like uh uh they are the true fans and they will engage more if you follow if you follow right
0: that. so i mean there's emphasis on engagement and it seems like you know, be present on other leaders in the niche, their threads. So what, what are yeah. things that you wouldn't do, um, Sahil? Like what were things you so, did back then and you don't recommend? It's like, it's not working. It's not yeah. worth doing them now.
2: So like what most of the people do is uh, they consume more and are not creating. So I, would, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend like consuming more. Create more than you consume right and, and second thing is like uh, i have seen some people uh like to get some more followers what people do is uh like mention big accounts name like uh and they are, these are the top list top 10 list of followers account who tweet about startup and if they retweet it then uh then boom you will get a lot of followers but uh, don't do this type of thing uh like uh don't mention all the like Big accounts to get engagement, uh, and uh, don't put your profile in private mode. So I have seen lots of people doing that yeah. also.
0: Right. And, Agreed. Uh, what What about you, have Adit? Have fun. <laughs> have fun. That's definitely important. What about you, Adit? What were um, your sort of challenges going to the, going through the first uh, zero to thousand journey and Things you did you recommend things you did you don't recommend
1: yeah 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 definitely so uh, i completely agree with everything that Sahil has said you know Sahil is crushing it on twitter and he definitely knows what he's doing one thing that um one thing that i did was uh definitely not the route to go through was like writing a lot of threads um and and i would kind of like put this all under one one saying just like tweeting into the void um mm. no matter how how you know amazing quality or like a like a quality writer that you are um but if you don't have followers or if you don't have people that are um looking at you you won't have like a tight feedback loop so you won't be improving right. quickly and you just right. won't get high engagement so you'd be putting all of this effort but it's not benefiting anyone now i have seen examples where people with like low number of followers like for example uh, sahil bloom he didn't have a lot of followers yeah. when his first thread went viral uh but that too that was like a special case he put it under one of shamat's tweets and shamat retweeted it so you know it doesn't happen to everyone basically um right so definitely if you want to go through the through the more uh consistent and more like um you know foolproof way of going about growing on twitter it definitely be you know just try to reply under tweets and try to uh, get more profile clicks so get get attention on your profile and then have some tweets at least every single day uh to show that the person who's approaching your profile that you're providing value consistently so that's one thing um i think what was like uh, if you if you
0: have to recall what was like one specific thing that in the early days that you did that actually gave you like an edge you think
1: yeah so for me um one of those things that i did that gave me an edge was i wasn't afraid of getting on zoom calls you know in the in the in the beginning it might be uh quite intimidating these people on the internet that you don't even know and i'm like what i was 18 19 18 back then and why why should i get on a zoom call with like people that are 25 30 and this like you know so but um i wasn't afraid of that i was just like you know it's a zoom call uh i've been following this person's content for a month now so i know that they're trustworthy i know what they're putting out is high value i want to learn more from them i think uh in the early early stages what i was doing is i was going with the mindset of i want to learn something from them I want to take 15, 20 minutes of their time. If I were to go back, I'd probably think of it as a value transaction rather than just like gaining value for myself. You know, that's a very selfish way to go about it. I uh, think of it from what are they gaining? Like, is it, is it some monetary value? Are you investing in their, in their product? Are you buying their product and then asking for a call or are you also providing some type of value? Like, are you doing some minor, even minor work for them? So right. if I were to go back, I'd, I'd do that right now. I do more of that. So right now, if I'm getting uh, on a call with someone, I'd uh, try to provide value equally or even like I would wish I could provide even more value to them, you know? Right. So that's, so that's, that's how always,
0: I see it. Yeah, that's always the way, right? Just offer value up front, you know, and with no ROI, no expectations. And, you know, people will always want to, you know, have you around because you're a value giver. So back to you, Sahil, you were going to say something about one specific thing you did.
2: Yeah. So like I was adding uh, that uh, giveaway free stuff on Twitter like people love free stuff so we'll reply like if if you can do this hand waving trick uh, reply with waving hand and you will get some free stuff so you so yeah so like people are more interested in those type of things and uh, building public building in public and uh, share thoughts and ideas about uh, like uh, what are you thinking about and wait. That gain, gain traction usually are catchy and interesting topics being talked about. And right. I studied a lot. I studied which type of tweet and thread go viral. So, like, uh, I I reverse engineer those tweet and craft a system uh, for writing tweet. So that's right. Really a lot.
0: So I actually have a follow up on that, which is one one thing that you know. Um, all three of us can attest to is that um, the secret sauce of Twitter is not very secret. It is consistency, right? A lot of people tweet once a month, once a week, and they're like, KP, why don't I have followers? And I'm like, have you tweeted the last 30 days? And you look at, they have eight tweets. And I'm like, so do you expect the world to follow you because you had eight masterpieces? Like, what do you mean, right? So in terms of consistency, I'm curious what is your routine right Adit, like how do you view consistency on twitter uh we'll start with Adith and we'll come to you Sahel. how do you view consistency what is your consistency routine today
1: yeah so i mean i've always been quite a structural dude. like um i don't like to treat on the fly like i want to know like a week in advance that my next week you know is all planned out like Even if I'm maybe out one day with a friend or if I've got some other work from university and I can't, uh, I know I won't be able to, I don't want to have that kind of, um, those kind of thoughts going on in my mind. So one week before every Sunday or Saturday, I choose. And I just like schedule all my tweets using TypeFlee or HypeFuro. You can use anything that you like. Um, And I know that one week in advance, I've got all my content scheduled. Uh, Obviously I'm on Twitter a lot (laughs) and um, I do tweet on the fly sometimes, but um, usually everything is a scheduled one week.
0: And before. in terms of how many frequency, like how many tweets do you aim to uh, fire up per day or per week?
1: So so this is obviously, it's going to depend on where you are in the, in the Twitter growth journey. So in the beginning I used to have maybe five tweets a day, which is now that I think about it, it's quite draining, a lot of energy, but uh, right now at, I'm at about, I think 15 or 16,000 followers. Uh, I think I tweet about two times a day, which uh, seems to be the the hotspot. So, it it tends to get good engagement like that.
0: Nice. What about you, Sahil?
2: So, like, uh, I tweet three to four times per day, and I engage more with smaller accounts. And about consistency, uh, consistency, I create content in advance when I was listening to any podcast or watching any YouTube videos or reading blogs or newsletter. So when I get some more ideas, like, uh, if I get 10 to 15 ideas, then I will distribute, uh, in, in different days. Like I will tweet three to four ideas today. Uh, and then after tomorrow, tomorrow and like, uh, yeah, so that's
1: what I do.
0: So in terms of documentation, while you're listening uh, to either podcasts or listen, let's say you're reading a newsletter, like what do you use? Do you use, um, uh, Notion, Evernote, like Notion. what's your system? Notion, Machine, okay. Notion. All right. Notion. Um, okay, cool. So I also want to like sort of zoom out a little bit and we're, we were talking tactics, but let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, the selection of Twitter as the distribution channel. Um, I think a lot of people that come into my orbit or, I'm you know, people who like want to build in public um, they always ask me like, what is the best channel to, um, you know, build in public? And I say, you can try all these other channels. You should be present wherever you want to be present, but always, always have some presence on Twitter. And so that's my belief, you know, because it sort of gives the direct access to the world's top talent and bright, you know, bright minds. Well, I'm curious about what, what is, uh, how would you uh, answer this? Like, why would you recommend Twitter um, and what's unique about it? from sort of your story.
1: Yeah, so, so in my opinion, so I have, I, I see two ways. Um, one way I'd like to, I went into Twitter was because, you know, you just have access to, as you said, so many bright minds on the platform uh, that are tweeting their ideas, just what they're just, can you imagine like one morning, they're just having an idea and just with a couple of taps, you can, you understand, or you get a glimpse of what they're thinking uh, that morning. So I think that's uh, super valuable and um, another follow-up on that is you have access to their dms a lot of people actually still uh, keep their dms open because they look at it as um, as like a stepping stone to new opportunities they want to meet yes. new people they want to see um, what young minds and like other minds new minds are thinking about their content and other possibilities as well so that's one um, number two is i think email is still i've been listening to a lot of podcasts and a lot of like you know super uh, super established people on Twitter talk about how email is still, you know, it's not dead for sure. Like a lot of sales have been, uh, made using email and are still being made using email. I think email is good for like building a personal relationship with your customers. But I think if you're, um, if you're looking for that virality or if you're looking for engagement and that chance of something just, you know, popping off, um, Twitter, due to Twitter's algorithm, like something that is good. Uh, and is appreciated by your audience is going to uh, perform well. I'm not saying it's going to go viral, but it's going to perform well to an extent, right? And uh, that's just inviting um, newer people into your audience. So you ca- that's, that's something that's unattainable in email. So your email list suddenly can't go viral unless, unless you like, give out a free product, which is like a lead magnet, but it's much easier to do that on Twitter. So those are the two reasons why I think getting on this platform is, is um, super high leverage for you. One, you get access to, you know, so many cool minds and two, you have that virality aspect where you can, you you never know what's gonna happen with your product, with your business, with your ideas. Right. What about
0: you, Sahil? Why Twitter, so Like, uh, why would you recommend why
1: it? Why Twitter? So
2: like, first is crazy, organic reach. And <laughs> I think uh, Twitter have low competition because only 1% of account have uh, more than 1000 followers. And mostly, uh, conversational text based and high educational user so you won't find novel using LinkedIn and it allows uh, you to connect to generally smart people and uh, enables you to get quicker access to advice, mentorship from those you may look up to as your profile gives you validation that you uh, that you are doing and if you are looking to raise VC money, it is a pitch in itself that you write automatically like uh, I have seen uh, some accounts like Dome like he is doing something uh, like thread in which right. if you are looking for funding, then uh, reply uh, to this tweet and we help you get your startup funded. So yeah, so that's how in the long run it can attract not only VCs but uh, also acquire uh, micro funding if you ever consider selling, of course, and also like uh, founder of Gumroad Style of he also started building in public and he raised via uh, crowdfunding, so like uh, not, so he raised money via crowdfunding. so it helps a
0: lot. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, I it remember that story, which, which you're referring to, you know, Gumroad, they had a crowdfunding campaign on Republic, you know, and most of the people yeah. came from Twitter. So um, you, you mentioned um, an interesting element, which is you can sort of cross paths with, really brilliant minds that you wouldn't find like on LinkedIn or YouTube or, or link, um, TikTok. And uh, and the interaction is so different. Like, you know, for example, like if you are let's say, you drop a comment under like, first of all, people like Naval are not on TikTok. Um, you know, people like Jack Butcher and all that, they're not on TikTok. But let's say you find someone, um, I don't know, some Gen Z founder on TikTok, but when you drop in the comments and you sort of try to build a relationship, it's so different. I don't know what it is. It just feels like it's feels a little bit, um, I don't know. It just feels uh, superficial as opposed to, you know, DMing them on Twitter and sort of offering, you know, your insights or, um, something that they said, and you're trying to like, you know, add value to their you know content. Uh, it just, it's a different interaction. So in terms of, um, crossing paths with, um, Influential people, do you have any stories that you know you you um, feel really special about? Like that was a fun moment, or that was a that was a great anecdote, um, sort of crossing paths with, with with you know influential people.
1: So for me, mine's probably not as glamorous as you might think, um, but I'm sure I'm sure you know uh, Brandon Zhang on uh, Twitter. Yes, and he's working. He works at OnDeck by the way. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He told me. <laughs> I mean, uh, so Brandon, so I think I was at maybe 500 followers and he was maybe 10 times as big as I was. And uh, you know how, uh, how we talked earlier on the podcast, I was just saying how in the beginning when I was getting on calls, um, I was going with the approach of I want to grab as much value as I can from them. And uh, I wasn't thinking from their perspective, what are they getting out of it, right? So that's what I did to Brandon, which uh, even till this day, I feel bad about um, turns out, <laughs> I'm sure he, he'll, he was, you know, I'm sure he
0: won't mind because he's such a yeah, good guy. Yeah.
1: You know, he's so amazing. And then, um, and then, yeah, we got on a call, still don't understand why he agreed. And then, uh, I started growing really quickly started, you know, then I, then I understood, okay, uh, when you're asking someone for their time or their attention or something, you have to provide value, uh, in return. So I started providing value. I started talking to him way more, giving him insights, you know, engaging with his content. Then I started growing very quickly. Uh, then we obviously we came, we became from just like kind of people that have talked on Zoom to actual friends. And now we're actual friends. We're working on a project together, which uh, I'm not uh, fully, fully uh, able to talk about right now. Uh, I haven't got permission from him, but uh, yeah, I mean, we're working on a project together, which is just insane to think about how, you know, less than a year ago, I got, I just asked him for a call and still don't know why he agreed. And now we're (laughs) able to work together and just like actually be friends from uh, on the other side of the world, you know? So that's pretty cool. I love that. That's, yeah.
0: Um, and, and shout out Brandon, if you're listening. Um, so anyway, so Sahil, what about you?
2: So like, uh, I was engaging with, uh, one of the managing partner of the VC fund, like engaging uh, on, on their tweet, And uh, they found me and they DM, and he DM'd me. And like, uh, yeah, so he started talking about, uh, uh, what are you working on and what is my project and what are my projects and about my project. And after some time, like uh, we also talked about, uh, like, I was thinking to start a student-led VC fund for, for the student by the student. So he also gave me lots of advice because he also runs, uh, a, Can- uh, he also runs a student-led VC fund in Canada. So yeah, it helped me a
0: lot. Awesome. Um, there always there are always these happy coincidences on Twitter um, that that lead to yeah. you know a great relationship, um, lead to great business opportunities. I feel like a lot of what I do, and I you know you, I'm sure you can resonate with this. Maybe 90 percent of my success came from Twitter in many ways in the last three years. Um, be it connections, you know, uh, connections to VCs and founders, and just you know even my job at On Deck, as you know you know it was um, I, I got it on Twitter. Through Twitter by Twitter, so it was a uh, it's been a great ride. So let's talk about um, sort of the challenges that you know many many um, uh, creators face, um, especially when they're maybe new to Twitter or maybe they're not as self disciplined in focusing on creating than consuming. You know, one of the traps that you can fall into if you are consuming all the time is you you get pulled into these Twitter fights right uh, Eric Torenberg, who founder of von deck calls that uh, Twitter can be one of two things either a civil war where people are fighting with each other and it's just very ugly or it could be a quiet um, Starbucks coffee shop and you can just like hang out with friends and like you know be be around other curious people and so what are, what are your tips on like what is your, first of all your what is your perspective on um, the other side of Twitter and how do you make sure that you know you you stay, Sane, you know, you don't, you don't go to, you don't get trapped by it.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great question. So I think I do something um, that, is, that is not like completely, you know, unique. Uh, you might see Naval do it. So Naval doesn't follow um, anyone, right? But he has lists. So what I do is I follow quite a few people, but I have a list with, um, I have a couple of lists categorizing all of these people into, into different you know, well, categories, right, different sections. And um, that's how I do it. So I know that these people that I've kind of categorized that I've curated, they all are high quality people. They don't get into fights and they're tweeting They're Generally they're tweeting, you know, uh, in their niche. So they're not going too much into politics or sports or uh, things I don't want to learn about. So that's one way I tackle this. Um, but I, I guess a disadvantage of this is kind Sometimes, sometimes I get DM like a thread that has gone completely viral by someone that I don't know. And I'm like, whoa! I didn't see that ever, but that's because I don't go on the homepage a lot. I just go to my Twitter list, you know. So that's one disadvantage. Sometimes you don't see the best of the best, like viral tweets. But I think I'm I'm ready to take that um, that uh, trade-off uh, for getting, you know, consistently like receiving high-quality people's content, and I'm fine with that. So that's one way I tackle it. And uh, as to answer your question about what I think of the other side and how I engage with them, I generally just don't. I, like if I if I see something that I um, don't agree with i generally just skip over i don't try to you know put like negative comments or counter arguments in the in the comments of other people and that's just how i love it.
0: that you know yeah. you don't need to add to the cynicism or it feels like it's already a burning fire I, I i feel the same way sometimes there are things that are already like a burning dumpster fire and i'm like i have nothing to add here it's already on flames you know uh and if i'm not helping the case it's pointless for me to be here um what about you sahih
2: like, I don't follow any political account Uh, I follow people who I admire and uh, I I don't miss out on a day engaging and communicating with them Uh, that's how it uh, helps me a lot and uh, when I engage with them so I engage with value Uh, learn uh, how to add value in in their comments Uh, and sometimes engage with humor too but uh, yeah for those i don't follow any political account or if i don't find any value uh, they are providing
0: so that leads me to again on the same topic a little bit of a different question which is how do you deal with haters or sort of like naysayers critics you know who may be reading what you're sh- uh, saying out of context or maybe they're twisting it to you know to make it seem much more outrageous like how do you handle um haters
1: um yeah so for me yeah for me um luckily i haven't had to experience you know any of those like super super tragic or super intense hating comments or anything of that sort Uh, i have received you know uh, everyone everyone at some point in their journey is going to receive some hate comments and where people don't agree with you that's completely fine just like either skip over it or if you Actually, if it's like a hate comment on your, one of your tweets and you have a logical reply, uh, don't try to like intensify the the fight or like the the disagreement. I think there's no point in that because just just think about it. Why would you want to argue with someone over the internet where it's so difficult to communicate properly, you know? Like, you're not gonna get on a call with them and explain to them, it's just a waste of your time. So I, I usually just skip over it. Uh, and as I said, yeah, fortunately, I haven't had to experience anything that's super intense, uh, one of my friends has had to, and uh, what he did to like tackle it is, was, and it, it wasn't just one person. It was kind of like a group of people that were getting on him. He just took a break uh, from Twitter for a few days, which is completely acceptable. You know, like um, your mental health and like your mental peace of mind, that's, that's more important than any, any metric or any type of engagement. So um, luckily I haven't had to experience it maybe in the future, but uh, at least I'll know have some experience, you know, how to tackle it.
0: Gotcha. Sahih, what about you?
2: So, like, I usually DM them, like, if the DMs are open. So, like, uh, and I ask uh, what is your problem and uh, why you are disagreeing with me. Uh, so, like, it helps me find, like, uh, what are their perspective And, uh, yeah, so, like, most of the people do for getting engagement so that they can get more engagement. That's why they right. disagree i think right
0: yeah slam dunking unfortunately is very uh, hot in demand right it feels like a easy way to sort of get eyeballs um so you, we talked about you know twitter Twitter growth principles um I, I want to understand like what are some myths about growing on twitter that you may have run, run into and you feel like hey that's a myth it's not really how it works maybe one or two examples you have um of popular Twitter myths that you think that yeah it's not it's not true. Are they- uh
1: yeah that's a that's a great question. I'm just thinking I think yeah obviously hashtags um, not a, I think I think larger accounts they have definitely figured this out for themselves because they've been on the platform for so long. They know that hashtags don't work, but I till this date I get maybe you know one person or two people every single day asking me if hash like in the DMs asking me if hash they should be using hashtags to get more reach. Um, I just advise. Anyway, I also that kind some. Of I, Sorry, I, I think Go that
0: ahead. also comes from LinkedIn. Uh, some of the LinkedIn uh, the algorithm of I think LinkedIn's algorithm somehow encourages hashtags, and you just get more visibility that way. But on Twitter, it's almost a buzzkill. Like it's yeah. almost like yeah. absolutely unless you definitely need, maybe use it occasionally, but. Yeah. I, I have the same problem. Like a lot of people DM me and they're like, KP, hey, like look at my tweet and there's like 15 hashtags. I'm like,
2: <laughs> what are you doing, man? With the
1: content, yeah. everything is hashtag.
0: So, yeah. Um, but yeah.
1: I think I think there's only one hashtag that I've seen uh, working a bit. It's called 100 days of no code. Yeah. Um, there's some people that are using it. They've got a really strong com- community. So people are, you know, constantly engaging with uh, each other and helping each other grow, which is fine. But usually, you know, I've seen hashtags. They don't, they don't add. Uh, if not, even as you said, you know it's about skill. so um that's one thing. Um, another one is I think we mentioned this earlier as well, just kind of um, uh, mentioning ten different accounts and hoping for retweets and uh, that's not gonna work as well. even if it works, it'll get you followers, it won't like build uh, affinity between you and your audience. it's not gonna it's not gonna help with long term engagement, long term. Our relationships
0: with your with your audience so I would avoid that as well awesome yeah I think that uh, that it's just one of the rookie mistakes even I used to make that just with the hashtags too uh mentioning like you know Paul Graham or naval every second time is it's gonna kind of tire them out and now I'm on the receiving end where people just tag me and I'm like I have nothing to do with this tweet I understand when you mention someone let's say if you have a real genuine uh um, gratitude or you have like something that you you know, like there's an admiration there. Is so there. something that you felt was life-changing. Occasionally, it's fine. But for every damn tweet, if you tag busy people, and for them, it's no value. I think it's just, it's very spammy. Um, it's a rookie mistake. And you know, we've all been there. So not judging anyone, but it's just, don't do that. What about you, Sahil? What are some myths?
2: So uh, I think don't use hashtag if you have less than thousand. Uh... If you have more than 1,000 followers, but you can use hashtag for each. Uh, if you have less than 1,000 followers, but don't use more than one or two hashtags. You can use like, mm. uh, if, if you want any book recommendation, so you can, uh, what is your favorite marketing book? And you can use hashtag marketing Twitter. Right. Uh, and or even build in public, right? Some
0: tools. people, use, people yeah. use hashtag build in public. Well, I think one or two, I think are enough. Just don't overdo it. Yeah. Right.
1: yeah, exactly. If I may, if I may add something, um, I think, yeah, I see a recurring theme between all three of us. So, you know, as, as KP said earlier, like you, we all have made the same mistakes, right? With like using multiple hashtags. And so that's, that's, I've seen Sahal, we, I mean, we all have made mistakes. I remember in my personal journey as well, used to tweet in the void, you know, I talked about all my mistakes, but I think we all are like quick learners or at least um, I'd like to think I'm a quick learner. Maybe maybe I overestimate myself. But um, yeah, I mean, I learn from my mistakes. I see what other people are doing really well. Uh, as I speak, I, I'm remembering one of Chamat's interviews where he said, just be a good copier. You know, have you, I'm sure you've seen yes. this on, uh, yes. just be a good copier. Just see what the best of the best are doing on Twitter. Like go for the Hayblakes, go for the Dickie Bushes, go for the Jack Butchers and see what they're doing and how you can implement. Don't just straight up copy their content uh, I'm definitely not advising that. I'm saying, see what they're doing and trying to implement their tactics into yours. So I think us so three, actually, we're good at doing that.
0: Right, and can we sort of uh, elaborate a little bit? Because I think this leads me to my next question, which is formats on Twitter. Um, and you know Tweet formats and thread formats. And I think uh, that's something that you know early on, I tried to be too precious about my ego. And I was like, okay, if there's, let's say, Sahil Lavindia's tweets, he has a certain format or Jack Butcher's certain format or Naval. And I was like, oh, I'm not gonna like sound like them. I'm gonna be like <laughs> me. Like my voice is so important in the world. And so my formats were all sort of my my own custom form and none of them worked because I had only thousand followers. And so at that level, you cannot sort of create a whole you know uh, format. You can invent a format when you are like irrelevant on Twitter. So over time I learned that it's no harm if I took like Blake Kamal's format or uh, or Jack Butcher's and say, here's what, it's so clean. What's working about this format? It's very clean. There's like some visual element to Jack Butcher, for example, and he's speaking about the niche that he's focused on in a very elegant, clear manner. Why can't it do this for my own tiny niche, you know? And the more I did this, the more it worked. And so now I think at at, at a stage where I am, I'm sure all of you are now, once in a while I experiment with a new format, you know, for example, I started a thing called good idea or bad question mark. And I usually write like my random dumb thoughts, but like they're very ambitious thoughts. I I, I say things like, what if there's LinkedIn, like paid LinkedIn, and it, it's a very ambitious sort of like dig at something as big as LinkedIn, but that thought invites engagement. Cause I'm asking, I'm also declaring it's a good idea or bad, I don't know. So if you want to say it's a bad idea, I'm fine, right? And that's become like my marquee signature. Like I'm doing more of those these days getting really high engagement. So back to you, let's discuss a little bit more on formats. like. What have you learned about the, this world of tweet, tweet formats?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I, I agree with your, two of your points that you said earlier, you know, just keep it relevant, stay to, stick with your niche because that's what your audience is expecting from you when they see your profile. They don't even read your name now, they just like see your profile, they see your content, right? So just stick to your niche, that's uh, going to invite engagement. And uh, number two was, yeah, just keep it elegant. Keep it as simple to, like nobody wants to scroll through the Twitter and then just see a big chunk of text, right? That's really difficult to comprehend. Uh, someone would rather go and go through their pocket, like Instapaper articles or something. They wouldn't go through right. Twitter, right? So that's that's uh, something I stick by. I try to space out my tweets and um, just make them easy to read. Uh, in terms of specific formats, um, I think again, Sahil was talking about this earlier. You know, like the, the, the tweets that ask, ask the audience to like put a wave emoji or something below and then you DM them something personally like a gift or... So I learned that from Blake. Um, yeah. uh, I think he did that when he was quite small but I picked up on that. And then I started implementing that. And then I made uh, a free product talking about how to get more engagement in your tweets. And now when people are doing it, they I get DMs all the time saying, thank you for introducing me to this technique. And I tell them like, I wasn't the originator, right? Like I, I learned this from Blake, but it's because he was doing it when he was so small that people don't remember and they think I created it. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, so it, that's that's one of the formats that I've kind of stolen from Blake. And uh, he's, you know, with his content, he's always like, dude, feel feel free to steal all my content, you know, feel, right. steal my uh, my uh, formats." So that's something that I picked up uh, picked up on and has worked well for me. Uh,
0: thanks for sharing that. And you 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 can't be too precious about the formats. It's like so lame. In fact, I I think you can't be precious about even your hashtags or anything, like it's people are, and in many ways, Twitter is sort of a way to create movements. And so if you want a movement in your niche, you want other people to adapt it, like that's the whole point, you know, and you can't be too precious about attached to your um, format because you know, that's how we all learn. So back to you, uh, Sahil, what are your thoughts on Twitter formats? What's something that you experimented so like, uh, with?
2: Most of what most of the people do is, uh, like, they use trending format. Like, if if anything is trending, two friends in a room they might, uh, and then after I continue, and then different format. Like, uh, yeah, so like they use their own words, and and two co-founder in a room they might get so like uh, they use this type of format more. Like most of the people copy and uh, change last last change last word and uh, i have seen some people also ask questions uh like uh, people love to answer square questions especially when it is on topic that can be highly talked about or something that is uh, debatable uh, so something like uh, clubhouse or twitter space and uh, yeah so and i also seen fill in the blank type of question uh, yeah. like growing an account trick fill in the blank and so, like, this type of format also people use, like, fill in the blanks.
0: Is there, and, uh, I'm curious, Sahil, uh, is, is, yeah. is there a... And,
2: like, if, if if anyone is giving any...
0: I'm curious, is there a database of some of these formats that you do you personally have? Are, do you have some? Because I have a Notion document with some of my favorite tweets, you know, with, like, format styles. Uh, and I go back to it once in a while. But is there? do you also do the same thing, both of you?
1: So my, my first uh, free product on Twitter was actually related to this. It was like a swipe file that I, I remember you, you dropped in some money as well, which I still appreciate by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that was, that was about kind of like formats, kind of successful tweets that have worked for me and may possibly work for other people, you know, so that I have that, I haven't updated that in a while because uh, I'm working on, you know, other products, but um, looking to do that soon. I've got that. And, uh, I'm sure that the one that, you know, the database that you've created is, is superb as well. So if you don't mind, please, can you share that with me? It's going to give me some inspiration.
0: <laughs> I think I should probably make it public because I, uh, it's, it's been 100%. sitting and rot- rotting in my private. What about you, Sahil?
2: So like, I am also thinking to create a database of format, but yeah. So like, I don't have a database of format yet, but, Mm, I think yeah. So that type of bit work uh, what, uh, said, what that type of bit worked really well. Like reply with waving hand, and you will get uh, a free book or something like that. Or retweet with this tweet and uh, you will get one month free or two months free. Uh, so like this type of bit worked really well. Right. And get okay. Email.
0: So um, my next question is, who are some accounts or people that you follow and you admire in the building public space?
1: Yeah, so definitely, uh, one of you is is it, one of the accounts that I admire is you because you know you're like kind of the built in public guy. So uh, definitely learning a lot from you. Um, I would say Blake, Blake Emil, he's doing a phenomenal job. He's literally you know documenting his entire CMO journey on Twitter, and we're getting to learn a lot. And he's just a machine, man. Like you know, he's how am out. It's crazy. It's crazy. I, I want what Blake eats
0: for breakfast. I want to know shame. what he eats for breakfast,
1: <laughs> dude he should he should um yeah whatever he does he should market for that and he probably makes more money through that <laughs> if he marketed it <laughs> but um blake um and then i would say yeah alex uh, alex garcia he's um i think handling the social side of the hustle
0: uh, so, yeah
1: yeah so he's doing a great job as well you know uh, building a public, talking about uh, marketing and just like churning out those marketing threads, which I'm learning a lot from. Let me, just, its her name's Amanda. I don't wanna mess up anyone's last name. So I just say the first name now. But yeah, she's, you know, she's killing it on Twitter as well. Getting to learn a lot from her. Um, and yeah, Venci, uh she works at OnDeck um, and she's just so inspirational. She's working a lot, especially during the COVID time. And I reached out to her saying like, you know if I can help you out in any way, she's super, she's super kind. And even before we met in at uh, shout out, she was giving me a lot of advice because she's uh, you know, consultant works with a lot of students. So right. before that, she invested a lot of time in me, helped me out in the DM. So forever grateful for her as well.
0: Sahil, what about you?
1: So like, firstly, I would recommend some people. First
2: is you, you're truly an inspiration. And okay. uh, second is Paul Vakobian, founder of Poppy AI. He's sharing every milestone. Uh, uh, mrr uh what is copy.ai a uh, monthly recurring revenue uh, and all that and sharing all his lessons in public and arvit kal he also inspired me a yes. lot uh he sharing also great lessons and he wrote zero to sold
0: uh gotcha. all right so my last question um what is so um, first of all two things do you have a specific metric or specific target for 2021 you know like a certain number of followers certain number of impressions that you want to hit um and and that's one question the part two is what is your long-term goal you know in the long horizon um in, in who do you want to become um not just twitter just generally like a founder creator vc what's your uh, long-term horizon goal
1: yeah, so it's two great questions. So uh, for me, in terms of in terms of goals, I know a lot of people, you know, you know don't put goals on follower accounts and stuff. I think uh, it's it's fun to gamify this. I've learned this from Sean Puri, you know, the the host of uh, my first million pod. Uh, I think it's it's fine putting numbers. So I want to get to hundred thousand followers, which as I speak is quite funny. <laughs> I'm saying this, but hundred thousand followers by the end of uh, well, in one year's time, like not by the end of, but in one year's time which uh, I think is, is a crazy goal, but um, still something that's not you know, completely out of my reach. So I might be able to get it. Let's see. Um, There's
0: a follow-up there actually. Um, are you tracking people who've done that recently? Because I think that's one of the specific uh, things that you, you may be benefiting from, like you, know, you can benefit from, is watching who's done it recently. And I think Sahil Bloom did, did he went very quickly from you know, like 10, 20K to now 200K. But um, are there others that you're tracking? you wanna share?
1: Yeah, so um, I think I'm not tracking people that have gone uh, past Sal, obviously Sahil, Julian, Sean, Puri, the Sampars, I think about two, or he has already, um, but I'm tracking people that are going to go in the next, you know, two months. So uh, Dickie Bush, uh, Chris, who's a good friend of mine, uh, his, his surname is also something very difficult to pronounce. So I won't try, <laughs> but um, yeah. Uh, so I'm tracking these people and, um, Right now, so 100,000 followers in a year's time, that's kind of my goal. And in terms of what I want to be in the future, I think uh, creating content just on the internet, uh, be it YouTube, which is, you know, I've heard is really difficult to grow, but if you have an audience on one platform, it's transferable. So um, if I want to, you know, start a YouTube channel and uh, talk about my experiences over there, uh, I'll have a better base than just starting from zero, you know, on the internet. So that's my kind of vision for the next few years.
0: Yeah. i love that a mechanical engineer turned content creator you know that, lovely yeah that is the future to me of of the creator economy you know um so 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 exciting what about you sahil
2: so like i don't want so many followers but uh, i want follow from people who i admire uh like uh i want to follow from uh bloom because i think quality over quantity uh, so I think uh, if if Elon Elon follows me, then it means a lot. Then uh, like I need nothing. Like yeah. So like uh, I think quality matters a lot for me uh, than quantity. So like if any other influential people follow me, that so that it means a lot. Like ten or fifteen people who I admire, uh, if they follow me, then it means a lot to me. Uh, then having ten thousand or twenty thousand.
0: So sh- shout out Elon Musk, if Elon, you're listening to this podcast in the rare, in the rare chance that you might be listening to this uh, the podcast, you know, please give a follow to Sahil. Um, so w- what is your long-term, um, you know, goals, Sahil? Who do you want to become?
2: So like, uh, I want to become a venture capitalist and also founder. I want to solve daily life problems people are facing in their daily life. A problems
0: people are facing in their daily lives and want to make an impact. Awesome. Love that. Okay, that's it. That That's the, you know, end of our session. Uh, really enjoyed chatting with you both. Thanks for uh, spending your time here on this podcast and uh, I sincerely wish both of you hit um, the 100K goal, Adith, and, you know, Sahil, the follow from Elon Musk or maybe the 10 people you admire. Uh, but in the longer run, I, I personally genuinely wish that you both You know, uh, become the kind of people you want to become. So excited for that. And uh, with that, it's a wrap. And we'll catch you again on another episode. Thanks, everybody.